All right, greetings uh, to all of our campuses. For those of you who are worshiping at our West Campus, um, at Northridge High School, and those that are downtown campus at Zoe's, as well as those worshiping in our Traditions venue and at 15th Street, welcome to all of you. It is so fun to be a part of a church with so many different sights and expressions and also unified in our common purpose. Now, speaking of that, we have a couple of things coming up that involve our entire church family, all of our campuses. Um, one, you heard earlier about our Share Fest, August 31st, just two weeks um, two weeks from this weekend. Um, our church service that Sunday morning will be serving the community. Um, there will be a wide, there are a wide variety of ways that you can be a part of this as a family or as a small group or individually. This is one of those all-in activities as a church. We don't do a lot of these, but this is one of those all-in. We need everyone who attends Christ community to be a part of that day if, if you're in town. And so the only thing you need to, we need you to do right now is to register. We need you to register so you can go online at, at, uh, at our website click on the ShareFest banner. It's very easy to sign up. Um, and please, please don't wait till the last minute. Um, we're, we're trying to plan for that day, and so we need um, uh, to plan those teams and all that. We're about a third of the way there in terms of the people we had last year, a third of the way in terms of signups, um, which is a great start, um, but we need you to sign up. In fact, if you need to sign up right now, I give you permission to pull out your smartphone, even as I'm talking, okay? That's how important this is. You can pull out your smartphone and and, uh, and sign up right now because we, we need that to happen. Very excited. Just two weeks from, um, from this, this very weekend. So should be great. Second big thing coming up um, for all of our campuses, we saw a little teaser on the video, is a 40-day experience that begins September 13th. We're going to be focusing for 40 days on how we can experience more of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And one of the things that I love about this church, I love about Christ Community, is our openness to the Holy Spirit. And about a year ago, I felt God laying on my heart a desire to write a book about how we as believers can experience more of the Spirit without being weird. Um, and, and my heart was to create a resource that could help us as a church continue to grow in these things in the years to come. And well, well that book um, comes out, this book comes out the first week of September. It's called More. Um, and the subtitle is When a Little Bit of the Spirit is Not Enough. Because experiencing the Spirit is such an important part of our DNA, it just is, we thought it would be cool to use this book to focus our attention on what the Bible says about how we can experience more of the Spirit. So beginning September 13th, we as a church will be starting a 40-day journey to experience more of the Spirit. The messages will be related to that, um, and we'll have study guides and devotional guides, all sorts of things. And, and our, our idea, our heart is for us to experience this in community with others. And so here's what we're encouraging. We want to encourage everyone to begin thinking now about who you might want to, want to invite to be in a small group for that six-week period of time. It could be friends. It could be a small group you're already meeting in. It could be folks that you just met at church, or perhaps someone in your neighborhood who attends Christ's community. 
And if you don't know anyone that well, that's totally cool too. We're going to have open groups that will be available for you to be a part of during that, that season. But we want everyone um, to consider being in a more group. for that. It's just that six-week period from September 13th to October 24th. We're going to provide a study guide. We're going to provide a daily reading guide. We're going to provide all of that stuff. And the books are going to be available um, uh, starting September 6th and 7th. So it's going to be awesome uh, to focus as a church on the Holy Spirit. I, I can't wait. Um, so start now thinking and praying about who you might want to invite to be a part of a more group with you. All right. Well, today we are finishing up a three-part teaching series in which we have been focusing on this incredibly relevant and important topic, relationships. How we can strengthen our relationships. Our focus has been a passage of scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 11 to 13. In this passage, Paul reveals a key to healthy relationships, whether we're talking about marriage or friendship or girlfriend-boyfriend relationship or co-worker relationship or parent-child relationship. Most every relationship we have can be strengthened and helped if we apply this principle. So let's look at 2 Corinthians 6, verses 11 to 13. We have spoken freely to you, Corinthians, and open wide our hearts to you. We are not withholding our affection from you, but you are withholding yours from us. As a fair exchange, I speak as to my children, open wide your hearts also. This is God's word. Paul describes here a key to healthy relationships, and that is by opening our heart to another person. In other words, noticing them, being attentive to them, valuing them. When we open our heart in this way to another person, it opens a door for deepening connection. That's the principle. But here's the problem. We don't do this very well. We are more and more becoming a society of distracted people, which results in distant relationships. Driving with a box stuck under his car. And like, who knows how long he was driving? I saw him pull out of the parking lot and turn right, and the box is still stuck under his car. So who knows how long he was driving with that box under his car? I like bet he got home, he pulled into his driveway. Out in the sky. I'm not. I'm not wow.
You know, it's like we are so focused on capturing the moments on our phones that we're actually missing the moments. We're missing the people around us. In June, Raylene and I celebrated our 25th anniversary by going to Cancun, and, and it was so much fun, just so relaxing. Um, one night, um, we went out to one of the restaurants at this resort, and it was on the patio, and, and we were at a table right next to the beach, and then, you know, next to the ocean, obviously, and we had this amazing view, and it was a beautiful evening, a beautiful setting, the ocean, the breeze, the beach, the food, my wife, I mean, it was awesome, right? So I noticed at the table next to us, there was, there was a young couple, and I overheard them tell someone that it was their honeymoon, and, and they were all dressed dressed up, and I thought, man, what a great choice for a honeymoon. You can't get much better than this in terms of the setting. But every time I looked over on this table, this guy was looking at Facebook on his phone while his wife just sat there. And I thought, dude, you are sitting across from this beautiful woman that you just married in a setting that is beyond belief in terms of beauty, and all you can do is look at your phone to see what everyone else is doing. I mean, no wonder we are struggling in our relationships. We are missing people's hearts all around us. And often we aren't even aware of what's happening. But one day, you know, one day we're going to wake up and realize that all we have are superficial, distant Facebook relationships. What we desperately need is to learn how to do what Paul is talking about in this passage. We desperately need to learn how to open our heart to people, to turn towards people, to notice them, to be attentive to them, to value them. So today I want us to talk about an incredibly practical and significant way to open our hearts to people. We're going to get really practical how we can pour life into our relationships. This one thing can significantly impact our marriages, our relationship with our children, our friendships, our workplace, our ministry. Let me, let me get even more, more specific. You single guys who are here who someday want to get married, you, if you master this skill, you will have women chasing you. Okay, I may be overstating it a bit, but maybe not too much. Uh, seriously, this skill is incredibly powerful, powerful, relationally speaking. So what is it? Listening. Listening. One of the best ways to open our heart to people, to notice them, to be attentive to them, to value them, is to listen to them, to really listen to them. The problem is many of us don't listen very well. Given the busyness of our culture and our 24-7 accessibility to people because of our smartphones and texting and all of that, given those realities, genuine listening is becoming increasingly rare and our relationships are suffering. It is critically important. Look with me at James chapter 1, verse 19. How, how's this for some great advice? In fact, read this out loud with me. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Be quick to listen, slow to speak. Now, how many of us, for how many of us does that describe? I mean, usually we excel at the, at the converse, right? Be quick to speak and slow to listen. I mean, that's way more common, isn't it? 
So let's talk about this listening thing. Three questions I want us to try and answer here. First of all, why is listening so important? Why is listening so important? It's interesting how James introduces this idea of listening. We just read this right before saying, be quick to listen. He says, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. See, clearly in James' mind, listening is a critical aspect of close, healthy Brother and sister type relationships. Why is that? Because listening is a tangible demonstration of love. When we listen to another person, it communicates value and honor. You are important enough to me that I want to hear what you're saying. Nothing else in this moment, nothing else is more important to me right now as you. That's huge. I mean, isn't love defined as putting the needs of someone else before our own needs? Listening does that in a very practical way. It communicates value and honor. Plus, it communicates compassion and concern. I mean, have you ever been sharing something that's heavy on your heart and the person you're talking to looks at their watch or starts to yawn or they look at their phone or they look away or they change the subject? I mean, what does that do internally to us? Man, it it feels like a lack of care, a lack of concern. It makes us hesitate to want to go any deeper, to share any more. Does this person really care about what we're saying? If not, why even continue? Ultimately, listening is about loving. Listening is about loving. It is a practical way to demonstrate love, which means that when we are listening well, our relationships are stronger and healthier. People feel encouraged. And when we don't listen well, it has the opposite effect. People distance themselves. They don't share deeply. They disengage. Now, there are many, many points of application on this particular question here, but let me mention one that I think we rarely think about in terms of listening, and that's the area of evangelism or sharing our faith. Obviously, we as Christians, we want people to hear the good news about Jesus. We, we want them to hear what Jesus has done for them on the cross. However, often we can become so focused on getting our point, our information communicated, that we miss the person's heart that we're talking with. I mean, no matter what they say to us, we're going to figure out a way to drop our load of information. And then afterwards, you know, we walk away feeling good about ourselves because we said what needed to be said, right? They know the truth now. Whether they respond or not, that's, that's their issue. But they know the truth because we gave it to them, all of it. But how, how does that feel on their end? We all know exactly how it feels because it's the same way we feel when someone is trying to sell us something and they aren't listening to anything we say. How does that feel? Do any of us like that? We, well, here's what we do. We nod politely to the salesperson, right? That's in, in our living room with a vacuum or whatever, two hours later. We nod politely. We stop listening to the sales pitch. And inwardly, we can't wait for the conversation to end. We all know what it feels like. I mean, is that how we want the good news to be communicated? Like an insensitive sales pitch? 
I mean, think of, the, think of the damage that's done because people don't feel valued or loved in sharing our faith. In his excellent book, God's Space, um, which is on my must-read list for any and every Christ follower, it's Doug Pollock is the author, fantastic book, easy read, God's Space. He writes this, This kind of thinking, he just talks about Christians slipping into this, it's all about me kinds of conversations because we're convinced we have the truth. Um, This kind of thinking quickly turns conversations into monologues in which we end up talking to ourselves. We need to realize that if people aren't asking us what we believe, we might be wiser to keep the spotlight on what they believe and think. And then he says this, the secret to being interesting in a conversation is to be interested. The secret to being interesting is to be interested. Maybe our difficulty in reaching lost people has more to do with our tendency to talk rather than listen. Because when when we do that, the world stops listening to what we have to say. Because they don't really care. We don't really care what they think. So why is listening important? Because listening is a tangible demonstration of love. And according to God, love is the most important thing of all, right? Listening matters in all of our relationships. It matters. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. Second question, why do we struggle to listen? Now, to get us thinking about this, let me give all of us a quick quiz here, okay, that I found on how well we listen. So rate yourself... Um, or answer these questions on the following statements that describe a a, a response, our response when other people are talking to us, okay? Just kind of think of how you do here. Number one, when others are talking to me, I find myself finishing their sentences. Two, I give my opinions before hearing them out. Three, I get restless and impatient. Four, I interrupt with frequent comments or questions. Five, I listen briefly, then begin talking. Six, I tell them how to fix their problems. Seven, I mentally rehearse what I'm going to say. Eight, I fidget with objects. So how, how, how did you do? See, all of those describe bad listening habits, habits that will negatively impact our relationships. So, so why, and I'm guessing that many of us struggle with those things, why do we struggle with listening? Why is this so hard for us? Paul answers this question in Philippians 2, verses 3 and 4. Listen to this passage. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. See, Paul is describing here how we are to treat others, how our relationships can be Christ-like and healthy. And here's what he says in a nutshell. Don't focus on your own interests, but instead focus on the other person's interests and heart. Well, what better place to practice this very thing than listening? I mean, listening gives us this incredible opportunity to focus on this other person's interests and heart. And therein lies the problem. (laughs) We prefer to focus on ourselves. We are more concerned 
about our agendas, our stories, our interests, our lives, our opinions. So it's no wonder that listening is going to be difficult for us. We struggle to listen because it means having to say no to that part of us that wants to be the focus, that that wants to be in control, that wants to be heard, that wants to be noticed. To listen well, we must say no to that and instead say yes to be focused on this other person. And that's tough. That's tough. Listening exposes our self-centeredness, doesn't it? Listening, or our struggle with listening, exposes our self-centeredness. I mean, think about why we struggle to listen. For me, one of the biggest barriers to listening to someone is my to-do list. You see, I have important things to do, right? I got to keep producing. I got to keep achieving. I got to keep checking things off my to-do list. So sometimes when I'm listening to someone, my mind is thinking about all the things that I could be doing and all the things I need to get done. I feel, you know, hurried and unable to focus on them. Why? Because I'm focused on me, my need to produce, my need to achieve. And this person is getting in the way of that. We earlier watched a video that vividly revealed another way that self-centeredness manifests itself. We're listening to someone and our cell phone vibrates. Why do we feel we have to look and see who it's from? And then once we see who it's from, we feel like we need to respond. So we're texting while we're supposedly listening. And it doesn't work, folks. It does not work. We can't multitask nearly as well as we think. We're not giving our full attention to this person, and they know it. I mean, how do you feel when you're talking to someone who's texting someone else? I mean, smartphones are amazing, but they also have made listening exponentially more difficult because these the smartphones make us accessible 24-7. We're always accessible. They feed our narcissism, our self-focus, our self-importance. Here's another example. Why is it we interrupt people? And, you know, finish their sentences or change up or whatever. Why do we interrupt people? It's because we think what we have to say is more important than what they have to say. This is especially true when we disagree with someone. We get defensive, right? And we have to jump in with our perspective and all that. Why can't we just listen? So what? We disagree. Why can't we just listen? It's because, and then maybe share our our opinion, but why can't we initially listen to them? It's because of our need to be right. The need to win an argument. That's primary for us, rather than the need to love this person and to understand them. See, this is all about our tendency towards self-focus. Listening exposes this self-focus in a pretty brutal way. Why is it that when someone tells a story about their basement flooding, we immediately start thinking of a story about our basement flooding? And we can't wait to tell our story. For some of us, this is the extent of our listening. We're always looking for a personal connection to what this person is saying, so then we can jump in with our own story. Someone shares that their mother has just been diagnosed with colon cancer. Our first response, my cousin had colon cancer. I mean, do you, do you see what the problem is? We're, we're redirecting the conversation towards us. I mean, imagine, imagine that in every conversation, there's this arrow between you and the person that you're speaking to. 
or the, excuse me, the, the person that you're conversing with, right? And that arrow, let's just say this arrow always points to one person or the other depending upon who the focus of the conversation is in that moment. Okay, so imagine this arrow in any conversation. It's pointing towards who's the focus of the conversation in that moment. So in our conversations with people, how often is the arrow pointed towards us? How often is the arrow pointed towards someone else? And then we're able to steer it so it focuses on us, so that we can tell our own story, right? Oh, so that we can give our opinion. I mean, do you, do you see how this works? Oh, your child is struggling in school. Let me tell you about my child who also struggled in school. Do you see what just happened? The focus just shifted from this person and what they're saying to me. And now I can tell my story. And I can tell my story about my child or my job situation. It's similar to yours, but it's mine. Do you see how this happens? Good listening points the arrow this way. But our struggle with listening is that we always want to point it back. We want to point it back at ourselves. So our struggle to listen is rooted in our own self-centeredness. Okay, so is there any hope? (laughs) Absolutely, there is. All of us can become better listeners. So let's talk about how. How can we grow in our listening, because again, this is a part of opening our heart to people. So let me mention three critical aspects of this, three critical things. First of all, it's critical that we continually open our heart to the gospel. Now let me explain what I'm talking about here. This is more of a foundational heart issue, but it's huge. The only workable solution for self-centeredness, the only way our self-focus can be mitigated at any moment in time is through the gospel. Willpower will not work. Neither will trying hard. Won't work. The only, or making promises to do a better job, will not work. The only thing that will work is a moment-by-moment awareness of our own self-centeredness, our own need, and a moment-by-moment looking to Jesus in the midst of that need. See, the gospel says that when we are weak and we acknowledge it, guess what? Jesus is strong in us. He, He can pour out his power. This is a continual reality that's available for us at any moment in time, including the middle of conversations we're having. It is a, this power is available. When we're trying to listen and all of our self-centered idols are rearing their ugly head, time and productivity and defensiveness and distractions and our desire to move the arrow towards us, in those moments when all those things are rising to the surface, we can admit to the Lord. Right then, we can admit our need and look to Jesus, asking the Holy Spirit to fill us and help us focus on this person. Remember, listening is an act of love. And who knows better how to love than the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God within us. I mean, there are many times in conversations I'm whispering a silent prayer, Holy Spirit, fill me, fill me, help me to love this person well. Help me to focus and to love them well. I'm just praying this internally, not out loud. I'm just praying this internally. Not a good idea to pray that out loud, but uh, it's this need, Lord, Holy Spirit, I just need you right now. Because I know you love this person. Help me. The Holy Spirit can help us listen to others. 
When everything within us wants to interrupt or steer the conversation another way, the spirit can help us listen well. So it is critically important that our hearts are continually open to the power of the gospel. Continually. In every relationship, in every encounter. Second critical factor of effective listening. Maintain eye contact. Maintain eye contact. There is this phrase in scripture that if you come here, uh, if you've been going here a while, you'll hear it often at the end of the service. There's a phrase in scripture used to describe God's posture towards us, and it's found in the blessing that we sometimes end the service with from Numbers, uh, Numbers chapter 6. Here's the phrase The Lord turn his face toward you. Why is that significant? Because it speaks of his attentiveness, his love for us. He is not turning away. He is turning towards us. He is looking at us with, with, looking with, with his eyes of love. His face is towards us and it communicates volumes to our soul. And the same thing is true in our relationships. When someone is, is talking to us, where is our face. Where are our eyes looking? At the television in the restaurant with ESPN playing? Or the text that just came through on our phone? Or the newspaper? See, when, when we turn our eyes away, we are communicating something very significant that this other thing is more important. It's more important. And, and when we do choose to make eye contact, it communicates exactly what God's face towards us communicates. It communicates value and love. It is amazing the difference this makes in how connected people feel to us. Even in a 20-second encounter with the clerk, the checkout person at Safeway or Starbucks or whatever, 20-second encounter. There is something about eye contact that communicates you matter. You matter. In this moment, even if it's 20 seconds, in this moment, you matter. My focus is on you. It's powerful. Because we have a lot of people all around us who don't feel like they matter. Now, ironically, it is in our closest relationships that we often lose sight of this the easiest. Since we're such good friends or since we've been married for 10 or 25 or whatever many years, we assume, you know, it's okay to kind of let this slide. It's okay to read a magazine while our spouse talks to us. It's not okay. It's never okay. It's never okay. It never feels good to our friend or our spouse, ever. They never get over that. It never, I mean, you know, they don't just, oh, eventually a dad. It just, it, it, it's not okay. It communicates a lack of value. It communicates disrespect. It communicates indifference. Ultimately, a lack of love. A third facet of effective listening is this. Seek to understand. Seek to understand. This is so important. One author states this. He says, most people do not listen with the intent to understand. They listen with the intent to reply. Man, that is so true. 
Typically, we do not listen with an intent to understand. We listen with an intent to reply, to fix, to give opinions, answers, to tell our own story, tell our own side of the story. I mean, so often when listening, we are, we are, we are only focusing on what we're going to say next. And we end up missing the heart of this person. We end up missing the heart of good listening, which is seeking to understand what this person is saying. That's the heart of good listening. Now, there are a couple of layers to this. One layer is just information. I mean, making sure we're hearing the actual information that they're sharing. I mean, frequently, unfortunately, Raylene will say to me something like, I told you we had this thing Tuesday night. And she probably did tell me. And I probably said, uh-huh, you know. But I wasn't listening very well to what, to the information she was sharing. I, you know, I missed the information. So that's just a basic level. But there's another level. There's a second layer of understanding. It goes, goes beyond information and focuses on emotions. What emotions are being experienced? And do I care about that enough to listen your wife or child or friend comes home and shares about something frustrating that happened with, their, with her boss or whatever. What's our typical response? You just need to march in there tomorrow morning and tell him, you know. <laughs> we so easily get in fix-it mode. You need to go tell your teacher that, you know, we just fix it. But by doing so, we, we often, we just miss their heart. We completely miss their heart. Instead of a you need to response, what if we just said, wow, that must have really been hurtful? I mean, notice what we just did. We're identifying what they may be feeling. We may be completely miss it. They say, no, I really wasn't hurt. I was just more frustrated. Oh, okay. Wow, that must have been really frustrating then. But we're understanding, we're acknowledging it. We, we didn't move the arrow. Let me tell you about a time when I was in the sixth grade and... We didn't move the arrow. Well, tell me more about that. We're trying to better understand what this person is feeling. Sometimes asking questions can be really helpful in this, in this understanding piece. So, so how are you feeling about that? Tell me how you're processing that. See, the, the goal of listening, again, is to understand what they're saying and what they're experiencing, what they're feeling. Because we value them. We're understanding them. They're important to us. Their feelings matter. So, so we're trying to understand what they're saying. We're not trying to fix. We're not trying to jump to conclusions. No, we're, 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 we listen to understand. And in doing so, we communicate value and love. While, uh, while studying this topic, I, I came across this great quote about listening. Friends are those rare people who ask how we are and then wait to hear the answer. Let me read it again. I love this quote. Friends are those rare people who ask how we are and then they wait to hear the answer. so true. I mean, imagine the impact in all of our relationships at home, at work, with friends, neighbors, school, our children, whatever. Imagine the impact if instead of always trying to get the arrow pointed towards us, 
right? Imagine the impact if we made it a point, if we sought to listen and understand. I have a feeling we would be amazed at the difference it makes in our relationships. We would be amazed at the life that is poured into our relationships. People that used to avoid us now like to hang around us. Our spouse's countenance begins to look more joyful because she feels valued. Our children start talking to us more because they feel heard rather than lectured. Our unchurched friends start sharing more openly about their spiritual journey because they don't feel like we're, we're, we're just waiting to give our answer. Listening is a tangible way to open our heart toward another person. And in doing so, we demonstrate and reflect God's heart towards them. No wonder it is so powerful. I got an email two days ago from someone in our church who told me about something that happened at work as she sought to apply what we've been talking about the last two weeks in this series. And so she writes, I decided to take baby steps and really let God point me towards specific people he wants me to grow in relationship with by opening my heart. So I went to work the next morning after the first sermon of the series. That was two weeks ago. And there was a coworker, someone I get along with, but not someone I, I know very well. She was staring down at her phone and smiling as she answered a text message. It took, just a quick question, it took just a quick question about why she was so happy, and we were suddenly in a conversation that lasted 30 minutes. One question, why are you so happy? What was that text about? 30-minute conversation resulted. This coworker then shared about this particular opportunity, this, this kind of creative passion she has, that she was, a door was open to pursue that. So again, from the email that I'm reading from the email. So a few days later, I asked her more about that. Just kind of checked in again, asked her more about that. And that opened a door for us to share about our personal lives in a way we never had before. So this person, she described in more detail the email. This person from Christ Community was able to, eventually able just to share a scripture, a couple days later, share a scripture with this woman that she felt like God had laid on her heart for this woman. And she shared it with her and the woman began crying. It deeply touched her heart. So there is now this amazing connection with this coworker who before was totally closed to everyone in the office. Other people in the office are noticing the difference as well. I mean, it's changed the whole atmosphere. Such is the power of the simple act of listening. It can tear down barriers. It can pour life into relationships. It, it, it can open doors for deepening connections. And ultimately, it is a wonderful demonstration of God's love. That's what makes it so powerful. It is ultimately a demonstration of love. Well, I want to ask the campus pastors at their respective campuses to come up and lead your congregations in prayer. So let's do that here. Let's, let's pray together. Let's just open our heart to the, the wonder of the gospel right now. Jesus' love, he died on the cross for us. He gave his life. He paid attention to us. And when we look to him, when we place our trust in him, his power fills us.
So I'm wondering if there's perhaps a specific relationship or maybe it's just in general, just a a listening struggle that you have where you realize, man, I have not listened well to my children or my spouse or a coworker. And just admit that in the quiet of your heart, just admit that to the Lord. That's where life change begins is by admitting we don't have it all in our act together. We need his help. So just ask the Holy Spirit to help you, to fill you with his love. Lord, we need this. We, did, we just confess to you our busyness, our, our just kind of sometimes our narcissistic smartphone tendencies that we're willing to let our phones interrupt pretty much anything. And there's something that draws us to see who that text is from. That, that there's something unhealthy there, I think, Lord. One time in a million, it's actually an emergency. But there's, there's something, all those, there's something unhealthy, I think, where, where we lose our focus on another person and we check out to look at something else. And God, we're all vulnerable because we acknowledge our self-centeredness, our self-focus, and we just pray for help. Help us, Lord, to open our hearts to people. Help us to make eye contact, Lord. I just think we, we, we don't do that very well. To turn our face towards someone, even if it's a, a checkout person at the grocery store, to look at them for 15 seconds and in doing so just to communicate, you know, you matter. You matter. So I pray you would help us. It's almost a discipline, a practice. We just need to practice this because we're so used to not making eye contact. So give us the grace and the power to do that. And then finally, I pray you'd help us just to seek to understand, not to fix and to give our opinion and all of that, Lord. We want to understand. Give us hearts that care and that want to understand. And Lord, forgive us for the times that we just, we turn the arrow back towards us so often in conversations. Forgive us. Help us to learn to focus on the interests of others through listening rather than focusing on our own interests. We we just need your help. But I'm I'm excited, Lord, for the the difference this is going to make in relationships, represented hundreds of relationships represented in this room. I'm excited for the difference this is going to make in marriages and friendships and parent-child relationships and, and workplaces as we already heard testimony of. That's exciting. And so we offer ourselves to you. We, we ask you to fill us, Holy Spirit, and transform us in our relationships. And we thank you, Lord, that, that this is rooted in the fact that you turn your face towards us. And we're reminded of that as we prepare just to respond with some worship here, that your face is towards us because of the cross. We're so grateful for that. Why don't we stand as the worship team's gonna lead us here? 
Um, we have intercessors available to my right and left and one at the back. So they're wearing red lanyards. So if you have a prayer need, feel free to slip out of your seat. Go to one of these people. They would love to pray with you. We'd love to do that. I pray for our intercessors tonight. I pray you would fill them and, and with your power and your healing and your life as they pray for people. So Father, we want to we wanna turn our, this listening thing applies with you too. You know, we, we are, can, are easily distracted even in worship services with our phones or whatever. God, we, we really, we want to we wanna listen to you. We want to love you and focus our attention on you. So help us do that right now. No other distractions. You matter to us. We love you and we want to worship you. So we ask you to set us free to do that.